0: biz women rocks in a new york state of mind hey what's going on welcome to the biz women rock podcast i'm your host katie Kremitzos. And this is the 10th time I've recorded this intro because <laughs> I keep saying really stupid stuff in the beginning. So let's uh, let's just keep going with it. Um, this is the home for savvy businesswomen to get actionable and relevant information that can help them propel their businesses forward. So welcome. I really appreciate you being here. If you're a longtime listener, I love you. You're awesome. And if you're brand new, this is your first time listening to the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Biz Women Rock community. If you want to be part of the greater community that exists beyond this podcast, just go to bizwomenrock.com, go opt in and you'll get everything you need to be part of the community. So I just want to send a shout out to all of the lovely ladies who showed up to the official kickoff of the Biz Women Rock Summer Tour in Tampa, Florida last week. It was amazing. Um, we have New York. We're heading to Arizona and ending up in Chicago. So if you want to see the full schedule, go to the Facebook page for Biz Women Rock and you'll see all the events there in the event tab. If you are anywhere in those areas, I would love, love, love to see you and give you a giant hug. And this is just kind of a note to all of you broadcasters out there. Anyone listening who uh, hosts a podcast, is a blogger, um, has a video blog, writes emails to anyone on their list, I highly encourage you to meet with the people who are on the other end of that broadcast because it it creates an entirely different relationship. And I just had such a great time. I'm so grateful to every single woman who showed up and every single woman who made that one, just the entire experience, that, like a just a phenomenal experience. So thank you so much. It was amazing. Again, if you are in... Uh, at this point now, Arizona or Chicago, you're in those areas at all, please go check out the event page on the Biz Women Rock Facebook page and RSVP and let me know that you can come. I would love to see you. So I've been hearing a lot of that lately, which has been super cool. That is my daughter, Sedona, who at this moment is eight and a half months old and currently on the travels across the U.S. to see a bunch of her family. We're currently in New York right now, uh, hence the little intro bumper there about, you know, being in the New York state of mind. And um, we're having such a blast with Yaya and Papu. And I just wanted to um, share her little laugh with you because it brings such a smile to my face and just light into my life. And I thought maybe it can be a little contagious for you. So now that I've made you smile, hopefully, let's get on with the show. Coming up on the show today, our main event is featuring the first of a four-part series called How to Build a Community. If you are interested in learning how to build an online or offline following, or, if you are interested in how you can build a never ending pool of customers who are loyal to your brand and to your message, then this is the series to listen to. Then we're kicking off the very first of our Marketing Minute series featuring Tim Page with Lead Pages, a tool that I love. And he's giving us insights on how you can use Lead Pages as a tool to massively grow your business. And P.S., I'm just gonna tell you that the Marketing Minute is not a minute long. It is 17 minutes, and to be quite frank with you, I really wanted to chop it down. I told Tim that, that it would only be like a 10-minute interview, but it was it's 17 minutes of gold, so you don't wanna miss one second of it. We'll conclude the show with a product review about the tool Zoom. Let's do it. First up, we have Biz Women on the Move, Our Biz Women on the Move segment is specifically designed so you can hear about the phenomenal accomplishments of your fellow Biz Women Rock community member. In this specific segment, one of our community members answered my question about what was the number one lesson that she has learned in business. So here we go.
1: Hey, Katie. I'm Jody Flynn from Women Taking the Lead, and I can be found at womentakingthelead.com. And to answer your question, the best lesson I've learned in business is that the success of my business is dependent upon my relationships with other people, be it my team, my colleagues, and especially my clients. And because of that, I spend a good portion of my time building relationships and being of service to others. And I think this is really captured in one of my favorite Zig Ziglar quotes, which is, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. And thank you so much, Katie, for being such an amazing woman, taking the lead and building this community and giving so much of yourself. You are a rock star.
0: Jodi, you are awesome, girl. Thank you so much for that. And I just have to take a second to say, listen, I know that I get to bring you all this awesome information over and over again every single week. But holy cow, I am constantly blown away by how ridiculously smart you are. <laughs> I mean, the amount of business savvy that the women who are part of the Biz Women Rock community are just constantly amazes me. So Jody, thank you so much. Check out more about Jodi on her podcast, Women Taking the Lead, uh, you can find more at womentakingthelead.com. How to build a community. Alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. Helen Keller. I've been very tuned in to how powerful togetherness is since I was a kid. I was raised in a family with six kids. I was an avid athlete on just about every team sport you can imagine. I was always a key leader in school organizations. And as it relates to business, I spent the past seven years of my life building an in-person entrepreneurial community with my husband. So once the dust settled from the launch of this crazy idea I had called Biz Women Rock, I knew without a doubt that I wasn't simply producing a podcast or building a business that created products and services, I was building a community. Google defines community as a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common or a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Basically, my community was getting created as I gathered my listeners, my supporters, my email readers, my coaching clients, my course students, and anyone else who identified with the Biz Women Rock brand and brought them together for a larger purpose. This is what I've been doing since I was a kid, and this is what I love, because I believe that my purpose is to make a massive impact in the lives of women around the world. And I've seen over and over again how creating and leading a community allows me to do that exponentially. In the past few years, the word community has become a bit of a buzzword within the online business space. Everyone is talking about their community. They've exchanged the words following or tribe or email list or listeners or readers or audience for community. And while I love this shift to utilizing my favorite multidimensional term, my purpose in creating this series is to expose just how intricate this whole building a community thing really is. Hi, this is Jamie King
1: from the Fit Approach uh, Sweat pink Influencer Community. Um, and I was calling in because, it's, you know, I have my tips for building a kick-ass community. And really, I think the first thing you have to understand when you're building a community is that a community is inherently different than an audience. If you think about it, an audience watches and listens. It's passive. It's a one-way conversation, whereas a community is a two-way conversation. A community is watching, listening, interacting, sharing, and talking to one another in all of their different varieties online. So, therefore, to build a community, you have to be prepared to have that two way conversation. You have to be prepared to post content that is both engaging and inclusive, and to create dialogue and opportunities between yourself and your desired community. It takes time, dedication, and most of all, passion and authenticity. But if you put in the effort, it truly will pay off. Because, in my opinion, a community is much more powerful than a one way conversation with an audience um, and can be something that will be lasting for yourself as a business and also for your passion. Um, And the reason that you started the community in the first place.
0: I've identified seven simple steps to follow in order to build a tremendous community. And I've even included some phenomenal advice from some of the most impactful and successful community builders I've ever had the privilege of knowing, as you just heard. This series is broken up into four parts that will be showcased over the next four weeks. So if you happen to be diving into part number three, please make sure that you go back and listen to all of the previous ones in order to get the full impact of the lessons here. One final note, building a community is not for the faint of heart, nor is it for someone who wants an easy business model. Building a community and becoming a leader of one is for someone who wants to make an impact in a profound way on the lives of others, who wants to make ripples in the universe and do it through other people. And as it pertains to business, it's for someone who believes in giving value to a group of people they truly love, and I don't use that word lightly, before ever offering products or services for sale because they understand the value and the fragility of having an endless pool of loyal customers who believe in their brand. So if you're listening to this because you want to quote unquote, build your online following, you will definitely get some great ideas here. However, I highly recommend that you listen with an open mind knowing that building a community is something that happens in an entirely different stratosphere. And maybe, just maybe, you'll feel called to lean into the possibilities it can open for you to live in your purpose. So here we go. How to build a community, part one. Step number one, establish your niche or your super niche. Before you can possibly think about a group of individuals gathering under your banner, you must first think of yourself. Now, this may seem a little contradictory. Isn't a community all about the people? But the truth of the matter is that nothing can exist without you and your why and your energy behind it. Being a community leader is much like being a parent, whether you're a parent to humans or animals. You can't take care of anyone or anything else unless you take care of yourself first. So the first step is to identify what you love, what you are curious about, what you are passionate about. What interests do you have? What topics or ideas could you talk about forever? What makes you light up inside? I knew that I loved business and I knew that I loved women. I could talk about business all day long through the lens of being a woman. I could talk to women forever about their business wisdom. I could never get tired of engaging in transparent conversations about money, operations, the myth of multitasking, the pools of motherhood, and the never-ending surge of emotions and issues that we constantly have to deal with as businesswomen, and especially the endless drive that we all seem to share to do great things. Ah, it literally gives me goosebumps right now as I'm talking about this. So obviously I knew business women, and all the stuff that comes under that umbrella was where I was supposed to live. If you don't know the answer to this, don't fret. You don't have to be 100% sure before you begin. But you do need to have an idea of where you like to live. I like fitness, for example. I like graphic design. I love organic farming. It could really be this general to begin with and zone in after you get started and knit your focus down even more. And speaking of niching down, creating a community around a super niche can be incredibly powerful. Here's an example. I love birds. More specifically, I love parrots. I have two of them at home. They were my first kids. I love them dearly. One is a brown-headed parrot named Charlie, and one is a sun conure named Sammy. There is a community out there which lives online as a Facebook group that is specifically for sun conure lovers. It's called the sun Conyer group <laughs> it's filled with over 9,200 community members just like me who love sun Conyers. as you're doing the work to figure out what your niche is keep asking yourself questions that force you to go deeper into a super niche what kind of fitness do you love the most for example who do you tend to connect with the best when you're sharing your fitness story and do some homework Search on Google and Facebook to see how and if these ideas exist already. And if they do, that's awesome news. It means that there's proof of concept, but your job is to decide how you will be different and show up just a little differently. And also to make sure that you're not creating something with the exact same name that already exists out there. Getting clear on your niche or your super niche is vital in order for you to build and lead your own community. Because once you do, you will easily be able to see who your community members will be. And knowing your avatar, otherwise known as your community members or target market, is necessary so you can start to build your community. And that brings us to another amazing piece of advice from one of the sexiest and most powerful community leaders I know. My husband, Chris Kremitzos. Hey Katie,
2: this is Chris. As you know, but others might not know, I started Tampa Bay Business Owners, which is a uh, group here in Tampa for over eight years. Um, then we have an online group for that group on Facebook as well. Uh, I did e-marketing groups, which is one of the largest meetups associations for e-marketing, physical meetups, and I also do a lot with Florida Podcast Association and Podcast. So I'm, I'm very familiar with building communities. It's one of the skills that I'm really good at. Um, It's very difficult but very rewarding. So here's my first tip. When you're building your community, make sure you know who your target market is. So, for instance, with Tampa Bay business owners, everybody was telling me, oh, that's easy. Just go knock on local businesses and invite them to a meeting. I realized really quickly that if a business owner has never been to a meeting, that conversion is almost impossible. Because if they've never gone to a meeting, me knocking on the door and inviting them somewhere that they normally don't go to, uh, would be a very tough sell. So what I did was I targeted business owners that ha- go to meetings. So I targeted meeting goers that are business owners. That distinction really made a huge difference in growing the group because I realized if someone never went to a meeting, why would they all of a sudden start coming to mind? But if there's a business owner that goes to meetings, they'd be more apt to convert. And down the road, they would recommend their friends that are business owners that never go to meetings. I, I hope that makes sense. But that distinction is pretty nuanced, but
0: extremely crucial in the growth of um, that group. So just to wrap up, step number one, establish your niche or your super niche. And by doing so, get very clear on who your ideal community member is. Let's move on to step two. Decide on a platform to deliver your message and gather your people. A leader needs a way to be heard, and a community needs a place for everyone to gather. I believe that there are three distinct levels of platforms. The first level is what I call a two-dimensional level, and this allows you as a leader to deliver a message, and it allows your community member as an individual to communicate back with you. An example of this is a podcast. You are currently listening to this podcast where I'm able to communicate with you, deliver a message, share information, and you can communicate back with me via email or social media or however you decide to communicate back with me. Another example is through a blog. If there is a blogger that you follow and you read an article that really impacts you, you can choose to comment on that blog directly or you can choose to get in contact with the blogger and share your comments. A video blog works the exact same way, only it's in video format. The final example is email, which some people argue that you really don't need anymore, but I vehemently argue that you absolutely do because owning an email address is really you taking ownership of that relationship. In addition to all the social media connections you have, okay? In order to bring this point home, I asked Jessica Rhodes of Interview Connections how sending out emails has helped her build a community.
3: It has been a way for me to really build relationships and provide value um, to my community Uh, that is not really a broadcast type way. So I know that the emails are obviously broadcast by definition Um, but I provide a ton of value and they're also predictable so people know that every week on the same day they're going to get a whole article they're going to get a podcast they're going to see a little picture of what I did that weekend and it's it's I have a really high open rate on my my email newsletters Um, they're over 20 percent and the industry standard is like five percent and I have people that say that I just unsubscribed somebody just told me recently I just unsubscribed to 20 newsletters and I kept getting yours because there's so much value in them. So people are reading it, they're not always replying and like talking to me, but I know that they're taking in the information. So um, so that's how it's really built my community is I have people that are really highly engaged in the content.
0: The next level of platform is what I call a three dimensional platform, where not only can you communicate to your community member and they can communicate back to you, but they can actually communicate to each other. However, it is totally dependent on you starting that conversation in some way, shape, or form. So a couple of examples of this are Blab. Blab enables three to four people to have an interview, have conversation, and anyone who shows up to watch that Blab can have conversation within the chat that's there. However, it's 100% dependent on the fact that there's a Blab there. Facebook Live is another great example of this level of platform where I can have a Facebook Live video and everyone who is watching can start in on the conversation. And if somebody, if Jane sees something that John says, she can comment and tag John and some conversation can be happening between them. But it is, again, dependent on the fact that I have started that particular Facebook Live video. Periscope, the exact same thing. Twitter, the exact same thing. Conversations can happen within the conversation of a Twitter post, uh, a tweet. You could tell I live in Facebook mostly. and um, But it's dependent on that, that tweet being there in the first place. And again, on a Facebook page. That's another great example. Elizabeth Gilbert is the perfect example of this three-dimensional platform. She has a very active Facebook page where the community members who are following her Uh, will engage in conversation with each other, but it's only possible for them to do that after she has created a post for them to comment on. The last and what I believe is the most fun platform is what I call the multi-dimensional platform. This is where you're bringing all the pieces together. I can communicate with you, you can communicate with me, You can communicate with someone else who is also in communication with me, but here's where it gets fun. The two of you can communicate to each other without me actually needing to be there. This is the power of community. Okay, so here are a couple of examples uh, of how you can do this. Facebook groups, You know I'm such a proponent of Facebook groups, and this is why, is because conversation and relationships can happen without me physically having to start a conversation. You can create your own forum. So if you have a forum that exists within the backside of your website, That's awesome. Same kind of concept. And then physical meetings. This is why physical meetings are so powerful. So, I want you to imagine this scenario. I want you to imagine that I invited you over to my house for a party, and you came to my door. We were chit chatting for a little while. It's awesome. We're having a great time. And then I introduce you to Jill, and you and Jill start talking. The three of us are having a conversation, and then I get pulled away because I need to go open the door for somebody else who's arrived. And you and Jill continue this conversation. I want you to fast forward and imagine that you and Jill have this amazing conversation, figure out that there's all this stuff that you have in common, and now you become really great friends who can help each other in business. And that relationship that started because of the platform I built, i.e. my party at my house exists way beyond me and can build to something even greater without me just because I gave you that initial opportunity to connect. So let's say that I'm now getting pictures of you and Jill hanging out on the beach and you know your kids hanging out together. This is the power of a multi-dimensional platform because relationships can get built And conversations can happen that exist way beyond you. And this is the power of really allowing your impact to be felt via a community. Obviously you can tell that I'm so passionate about this particular level of platform, and specifically that I'm such a huge fan of Facebook groups. And it's because I've lived in the offline space of community building for years, way before I ever started building community online. And a Facebook group is one of the few platforms that is able to create an experience much like that of an in-person experience, complete with intimacy, purpose, and relationship building potential, and it's available for 24 hours a day. So awesome. So all in all, I believe that creating a powerful community requires you tapping into some platform on each of these levels. All right, that concludes part one of the How to Build a Community series. Make sure you stay tuned for the next round, part two, three, and four. So much good stuff. And if you wanna be part of the Biz Women Rock community, Make sure you go to bizwomenrock.com, opt in, and get your special invitation to join our private group. Today's segment is brought to you by Synergistic Funding, your source for anything you need to finance your business. I'm here with Naeem Hamdar and Kayora Patel of Synergistic Funding, Naeem tell the women listening a great tip that they must know if they're out and looking for funding for their business right now
4: Sure Katie and and in everything in life like you have to have a why right So the same thing in funding if you don't understand why you need the funding then most likely you're getting funding for the wrong reasons So really sit down and analyze with with, with you and your partner or whoever's involved in your business why you need what you need and let's sit down and talk about it because many times you'll find that your why doesn't make sense for you to get all that funding that you need.
0: Gotcha. So it's really a way for them to get clear about maybe what option is best for them, right? Correct. Awesome. Naeem, thank you so much. Kaora, thank you. You can find out more about the funding that Naeem and Kaora provide at SynergisticFunding.com. Tim Page is the lead conversion educator for Lead Pages, a tool that I use and love for Biz Women Rock. We're going to get into exactly what Lead Pages is and how you can use it to grow your business today on the Marketing Minute. Mr. Tim Page, what's going on, my friend? Thanks for being here.
5: What is up?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, I want to dig right in into this marketing minute. So, you are here representing Lead Pages, a massive, massive, awesome tool for people who are running a business online uh, and wanting to create deeper relationships through email with their community, with people who are interested in who they are, what they have to provide. Can you just do a very brief description for those who do not know? Tell us what Leadpages actually is and how people use it.
5: Yeah, sure. So Leadpages is a software tool that is basically designed to take everything that's been tested and proven in marketing and make it really easy for business owners, marketers, and entrepreneurs to implement that data into their business. So. It is uh, landing page templates, like opt-in pages, webinar registration pages, sales pages, thank you pages. Uh, They're templates that are already built based on billions of points of data about what converts people to leads and sales. So when you use a lead pages template, you're using something that's been tested and proven tens of thousands of times across now over 40,000 customers before you ever get your hands on it. That's the thing we're most known for. But along with that, we've got other tools uh, in the same kind of vein, like uh, lead digits, which allows you to collect opt-ins via text message, like uh, lead boxes, which are opt-in forms that only appear when somebody clicks something. But basically, our focus is to get you more leads in sales. And it's working. Uh, We're generating right now over six million leads every single month for our customers.
0: What? That is a crazy number
5: right? Yeah. And oh it, it's, uh, it's really, it's what we strive for all the time. And it's cool to see that number every month and just see it's going up and up and up. So it's cool.
0: Well, uh, here's what, here's why I have you on the show, Tim, because in addition to Lee pages really being this software and this great tool, because you guys have gathered all this data, because you guys have so many users, you have become, um, sort of a, 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 a A speaker on what creates best conversions. Like you can take your numbers that you guys are seeing as a whole within your system to see what works even better. So for example, if you're not familiar with lead pages, you can go in, you can choose templates and you can actually search for templates based on conversions. So if I want to create a lead magnet and put that up on a lead page and have people opt in, that's my goal. I can actually search by which, which page has the most conversions. Let me look at the visual of that and which one works best for me here. So you guys are able to sort of put at the top, what has worked for your customers, right?
5: Yeah, that's exactly right. So there's no, there's, there's not, not only are you already using templates that have been tested and proven, but you can even know of those templates that have been tested and proven, which ones are working the best right now on average across about, I think it's 44,000 customers as of right around now. So it's like, you know, people will always come to me and say, well, I have a, a product business or I have a service business or I'm a real estate agent. How do I know that that's going to apply to me? Well, we've got 44,000 customers in every kind of niche and business and industry and all that. And so you can feel confident if you sort them by conversion rate and pick one of the top ones. Chances are it converts really well for your industry. And then from there, it's only about what you offer. That can just make that work even better.
0: Love it. Okay, so let's get into that a little bit. So, so let's let's start with this basic scenario that I'm someone who wants to collect more email addresses. Okay, I want yeah. to build my email list because I want to nurture these relationships with people, make sure that they get to know who I am, and vice versa. One of the easiest way to do ways to do that is to have a lead page, create what we call a lead magnet, um, and that can be a variety of things. It can be some type of a report. It can be some type of you know, email, uh, you know, thing that's going out to them. It can be uh, a downloadable ebook, whatever it is. Um, and then they get that in exchange for their email address. And now you have a reason to keep in communication with them. Can you talk a little bit about what you guys have seen as what makes the best lead magnets? What what type of lead magnet gets people to take action the most?
5: Yeah, there are there are really three lead magnets that we found are typically regardless of industry, the thing that the things that convert the best. The first one is the one that if you have no email list or if you have an email list, but you really want something that you can create in about 30 minutes and it can start converting for you like crazy, that this first thing is what I would suggest that you do like right now after you finish this, you know, this recording. So what I would encourage you to do is create what we call a resource guide lead magnet. And what I love about the resource guide lead magnet is that it is uh, – the the entire lead magnet is a one-page PDF. It's a one-page PDF list of tools. That's all it is. It lists some tools or resources that somebody might want. So, for example, uh, we had one that was called the top five dirt cheap tools I used to create all my videos, including my $80 HD video camera. Wow! Right, And so that was all it was. And what was interesting was it it's a really simple, clean one page PDF that we were giving away mm-hmm. on a really simple landing page that didn't have a video or a lot of copy. It was just simply a headline and a nice background image and a call to action button. And when we tested that one page PDF, we tested it against a video course that took us an entire month to create. And we tested it against an 80 page ebook that took us two weeks to write. And we got a higher conversion rate and more opt-ins for the one-page PDF resource guide than we did for either of the other thing.
0: Wow. I would imagine because that's not as much of a big thing to jump into for anyone who's opting in for that, right?
5: Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, people that are... When people first find us, we always have this idea that oh, we have to tie it into us, to our products, to our branding, to us as as individuals, because, you know, we're we're selling ourselves and et cetera. and all those things are are true at some point. But when they first find you, we're not looking to, like, they're not we're not walking up to somebody and going, hey, want to buy. You know, right, they're right. they're just first finding us. They don't know anything about us, but we want to get them on an, on our list as quickly as possible if they're the right kind of person. So when we offer them something simple, even before they know much about who we are, it still appeals to them. And somebody who would opt in for a list of tools that is related to our offering, then we know we get the right kind of customer on our list. It's interesting. I, I so I'm a classically trained salesperson. So I was I, I've spent over a decade in sales. And the first thing, my first sales coach, uh, Chet Holmes, who has now passed away, but he has an amazing company, Chet Holmes International, Mm -hmm. um, and he wrote a book called The Ultimate Sales Machine, which is just an incredible, incredible book. But uh, he was my first sales trainer. And what he said to me was, look, there's this thing called the 80-20 rule. You're going to hear about it a lot. People apply it to everything. But when it comes to sales, it's broken down like this you break people down into 80% of people and 20% of people. And then you have to take that 20% and cut that in half. So the 20% of people, 10% of all people will buy everything no matter what you do. Huh. 10% of people will buy will never buy from you no matter what you do. No amount of cajoling can get them to buy. And that's the 20% that most people end up focusing on. But what's interesting is success, the riches, the the big business, is in that 80%. And that 80% is the people that might buy if you build a relationship with them, provide value, and show them exactly why they should buy from you. And that's what the smart business owners, marketers, and entrepreneurs are going after.
0: Ooh, I love that. Great lesson. Great, great lesson. Let's use that as a way. I I know you were going to talk about the other two lead magnets. Do you want to list those just real briefly? Because I have um, just a couple other questions that I wanted to make sure to get, uh, get to today.
5: Yeah, absolutely. So the second lead magnet uh, that I was going to talk about is webinars. Uh, this is something when I talk about it, I get a little bit of pushback from a lot of people because they're like, oh, I don't want to do a webinar. It's it's so so much time. I'm looking to automate everything, and I don't want to have to spend you know an hour on a live thing, and I got to create all this content, blah blah blah. But I will tell you this: webinars have grown our business faster than any other single tactic. And if you ask. About 90% of the people that have a presence online that have very successful businesses, they will tell you that webinars are a critical component of their success. And they've grown our list faster than anything else that we've done except for one thing. And that one thing was the third lead magnet that's worked really well, and that is content upgrades. And what content upgrades are, this is so interesting, is when you write a blog post, you before you publish that post, create some extra bonus piece of content that's specific to the topic of the post and you make people opt in if they want to get that extra bonus piece of content.
6: Love So, this.
5: yeah. So for example, let's say you were a health coach, right? You taught people how to be healthier. You know, what a lot of people do is they'll create one generic lead magnet. They'll just make one lead magnet and they put an opt-in form at the bottom of every blog post offering that same lead magnet, regardless of what the post is about. mm mm-hmm. But if you created a lead magnet that was like uh, five yoga routines to try from home, right, if you're a health coach, that might be in your wheelhouse. If you did a blog post about superfoods, but the lead magnet in that blog post is about yoga, although those two things are kind of related, right, they're health things, there's a disconnect because I don't have to care about yoga to want to read a blog post about superfoods. Right, right. So a content upgrade would be, in the case of a blog post about superfoods, maybe offer five recipes that include the superfoods mentioned in that blog post. But to get the recipes, you have to opt in.
0: I love that. And I want to circle this back around to saying that this, when you're mentioning these things, they can become very overwhelming. But this is why I love lead pages because it makes the execution of making these things happen super easy. I'm talking when you, let's just say you plan out one blog post a week, right? So we're talking four blog posts for a month. And now you're looking at if, you you know, you're taking Tim's advice of saying, okay, let me create a lead magnet per blog post. That's four things that you need to create, four lead magnets and four lead pages that you need to create for those. Lead pages makes that so easy because I can just choose those templates. I can even copy them. I can duplicate them and I can just switch out the, you know, whatever the lead magnet is, switch out the copy for it. So it just makes the execution of it super easy. So, um, Tim, I want to go to a couple of the questions that we had posted in the biz women rock Facebook group. I had posted that I was talking to you and asked the community if there were any questions. And so Jamie Slutsky had an awesome question. She said, um, uh, what are your top tips for thank you pages that actually get people to take additional action? Can you give any advice on that?
5: Yeah, absolutely. I love the thank you page. It's one of the most often ignored pages on folks website. But what we have to remember is that somebody got to a thank you page as a result of opting in or buying. But in this case, I'm going to assume she was talking about opting in. So they've opted in, meaning they just told you I'm really interested in what you have to offer. Here's my email address. Let's stay in touch. Right. And then what too many people end up doing is we send them to a thank you page that basically looks like a brick wall. It's right. like, OK, we're, you know, Thanks. go confirm your email. It's <laughs> like yep. that, that doesn't offer any additional value to them or you. And so there are there's really a lot of different things you can do for thank you pages. But I've got three favorites. I don't know what this rule of threes is today, but it seems to be a thing. <laughs> um, so my first one is a social sharing thank you page. So you can do it one of two ways. You can either just ask people to share your stuff by saying something along the lines of, hey, uh, the guide is on its way. Don't worry, it'll be in your inbox shortly. But in the meantime, why not help a few other friends, I don't know, have more energy using superfoods and click the links below to share this free guide with your friends. Hmm. And then the social sharing buttons will share a link to the landing page that they just opted in on. Got it. So now they get they get that opportunity to kind of help some friends, or you can incentivize it, right? Share this with your friends and I'll send you an extra special guide only for people who share on this page, right? Okay. Something along those lines. Okay. All right, so that's one way. Uh, the second way, and this is becoming a, a big popular thing. I know Ryan Dice and, and the folks over at Digital Marketer have been pushing this for a long time and it works really well, uh, is to offer what they call a tripwire, what John Lee Dumas calls a welcome mat. Uh, but it's on the thank you page, you offer a low priced product for sale. Huh. It could be a little ebook. It could be you know, if you're selling a physical product, it could be like a a sample of the product that they just pay for shipping. Uh, it could be you know, any little low priced thing that's an entry point because it does two things. One, it gets them uh, used to and and comfortable with buying from you, right. Right. And then the other thing is you give them another little nugget of value. They've opted in. They got that thing of value. Then they bought the next thing and they got a little more value from you. So it takes them up the ladder as opposed to, you know, if you have a thousand dollar product, as opposed to getting them to opt in and then saying, buy my thousand dollar thing. Right. Right. Uh, So that's the second one is is having a low priced offer. And then the third one, and this is the one that we use, is invite them to a webinar. Mm. It, it again takes them up that value ladder without, without yet asking for money. And we know that our webinars convert incredibly well, and so that is the natural next step. So they opt in, they end up on a thank you page. Thank you page says something like, thanks, everything you asked for will be sent to your inbox shortly, but while you wait for it to arrive, you should check out this, whatever, this Thursday's free live webinar, which is all about X, Y, and Z. It is the perfect way to take your insert, genre here to the next level. Click the link below to reserve your spot.
0: Love this. Uh that's a really great idea. So Jamie, I hope those are really great answers for you. I know those are uh I didn't even know I had that question. And all of a sudden those are great answers I can help me <laughs> in my stuff. Um I want to wrap this up Tim by uh you've given us lots of great stuff here. What what next action can a businesswoman take who feels a little overwhelmed by all of this stuff? Because when we're talking about You know, your sales funnel, the nurture campaign, all of these sort of lead magnets and lead pages and all sorts of stuff, it can get very overwhelming because it feels like a lot. So if there's somebody who doesn't really have anything set up yet, they sort of have an email list, they know that they kind of want to build it, but they're really intimidated by this massive process, what's the next best step that they can take?
5: Yeah, I'm going to give you two things. The first one is a little bit, um, little woo-woo-ish. And that, which is not my forte. Uh, and then the second one is a little more tactical. I'm okay. much more on the tactical side, but I think the woo-woo is important for okay. this question. And that is uh, adopt something called just in time learning and be comfortable being in that thing, in that point because, we I, you may be like me and other people I know are very much like me where I just want to go out and figure everything out and know I want to be 10 steps ahead mentally before I even dive into it. Yeah. And some people would go, oh, well, that's just being prepared. But the problem is in business, 10 steps ahead will change dramatically across the course of time. As you're doing different things and things start to happen, all of a sudden what you thought was gonna be 10 steps from now and you spent all this time learning about is completely wrong and you waited six months so that you could get all that knowledge and then everything got screwed up. True. So the best thing you can do is go, where am I right now in my business and what is right now the most important thing that I want to do? And if you are in the very early stage of your business and you don't have much figured out and you're very overwhelmed, the first thing that you should do is to start growing your email list. That's the first thing. And so what you need to do is don't think about all the other things you need to do, all the content, all the sales, all the social media, all the ads. Just stop for a minute and focus on what you need to know now, which is how do I grow my email list? And you've just listened to a whole episode talking about that. So the, the tactical part of it is the first thing that you should do right now is create a resource guide and a resource guide landing page. The resource guide, you can type up a list of three to five tools that would help your audience solve a particular problem that they have, whatever their whatever one of their problems is. Just take your ideal customer and go, what frustrates you right now? Like, what, what would really help you right now? And they'll go, I wish I had more energy without sitting there drinking energy drinks all the time. Great. So your resource guide is – the top five superfoods to help you have more energy without drinking nasty, sugary energy drinks, right? <laughs> Love it. And then, yeah. And then you, if you're a lead pages user, that will make your life a thousand times easier because you can go and take about 10 minutes to create the landing page for it, which just says... Get this free guide, colon, the top five superfoods to have more energy without drinking nasty sugary energy drinks. Click the button below to get the guide. And that's it. And you've just done it. And now you put that out there. And now you learn how to send people to that page. Right? But you do it in steps. Don't learn traffic and ads and all that stuff. Just first, go create the guide. Then create the landing page. Once you've got that, then Go and learn a little bit about traffic, just a little bit. Don't go and learn every traffic strategy ever. Learn a couple, try them, implement them, and move on to the next thing.
0: Love that. I could not have said that better myself. Tim Page, you're a genius. Thank you so much for being here and for giving so much value to everyone listening today. You are awesome. Ladies, I promise you uh being able to work on this component of your business, building up your email list, building up those individual relationships and the way to communicate with every single person who's interested in who you are, what you have, and knowing more about you is so imperative. And Tim has given us great information on how to do that specifically and practically today. So if you want to find out more about lead pages, you can go to bizwomenrock.com and go click on the resource page. I'm a very proud affiliate for lead pages because I believe in what they do. I use them myself. Um, and man, Tim, I'm going to probably have you on at another time during our Marketing Minute because we didn't even get into lead boxes or lead digits or anything. And there's so many great tools that are available for everyone. So thank you so much again, Tim, for being here. I really appreciate it.
5: Thank you for having me.
0: Wrapping things up, we are reviewing the tool Zoom. Zoom is a video conferencing platform uh, times a thousand. It does a lot more than that. And here are two women who are part of the Biz Women Rock community explaining how they use it and why they love it.
6: Hi, Katie. This is Jacqueline Hutchinson of Ease learning Pros Instructional Design. I'm located in the Toronto area of Canada. Katie, I wanted to let you know about a fantastic tool that I've been using online with my clients as well as with some masterminding groups, and it's zoom.us. This is a tool that you must have if you're doing any client work that might require you to record your sessions. You can record the sessions, capture the text chat in case there are issues with audio. Somebody might be texting Um, You can share it. You can um, revisit it. I know there are a number of business coaches that use it, and I will tell you that I can't live without this tool for my uh, instructional design clients. We use it for kickoff, and then everybody can look back and see how wonderful our meeting was and all of the great things we've decided to do. As well, it helps capture roles and responsibilities, so there's no, oh, well, I thought you were going to do this. Everybody knows what's happening. If things change, you can go in, have another meeting, record another meeting. It's a fantastic tool, Katie. I hope that some of the other folks listening in can also benefit from it. Thanks.
4: Hey, Katie. It's Steph Roberts, stephanieroberts.com. I use Zoom for my podcast, and some people laughed at me when I started my podcast about a year ago, but I have another one that's launching so Audacious, The Audacious Life is my first podcast. My second one is Audacious Mamas from Entrepreneurs. Both those podcasts are created exclusively in Zoom, and it's been an amazing tool. And the main things that I love about it, it's super stable. My first audience were women in domestic violence, so for The Audacious Life survivors. So some of them didn't have computers. They literally fled their homes with nothing sometimes not even a cell phone so you can call in from a landline you can call in from a cell phone which I don't recommend for podcast but it does work and you know it's something where if you wanted to do a group small group mastermind it's perfect it's kind of like I call it the Brady Bunch where all of you can turn on your cameras if you're not on a phone um, with a camera or a computer with a camera you could still just dial in and be a part of the group action and so it's a nice private place to do kind of a, a community-type call, and it's really easy to record that call and then save it and share it later. I actually just did a – I was a part of um, a webinar. I wasn't able to participate, actually, and she saved it. And I was able to watch and meet all these there are 12 women on, and it was awesome. So you can use it for webinars small masterminds you can record your podcast it is mono right now I think there might be a way in the future to do two channels for two different people but can't say enough about it I love it super stable super easy and for me has worked out so much better than Skype every time I try Skype I have a problem and it's always embarrassing with a guest when you run into tech issues so anyway big thumbs up for zoom Thanks, Katie. Keep up the good work and keep the tips coming. I'm learning tons from this. I love that you're doing this. Take care.
0: All right, we are coming to the end. Thank you so much for being here today. I so appreciate you spending your time here and getting information here that can help move your business forward. Have an amazing day. Make sure to tune in for next week's segment uh, that will continue the series On community building. And if you specifically are interested in starting your own Facebook group in order to have that multi dimensional level of a platform, uh, I have an entire course about it. So save yourself a heck of a lot of time and a heck of a lot of money and go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash Facebook groups rock and get in on all the information that you need to know to get your group rocking now. Have an awesome day. Can't wait to see you on the next show.